It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's baseball's offseason. It is here, and here we are. Chuck Powell and Bucky Jacobson ready for another year of Stove. The uh, offseason podcast for your Seattle Mariners, former Mariner Bucky Jacobson and I, Chuck Powell, will guide you through this crazy winter where we're going to take a playoff team and turn them into a champion before the end of the winter comes, Bucky. That's our okay. That's our mission. And I love the offseason, maybe the best, maybe the best season that is out there. You probably feel the same way. No, you you couldn't be more wrong. (laughs) The offseason reminds me of working out, running, running sucks, doing squats until I puke and then being yelled at by my trainer to hurry up because I'm taking too much time while I'm vomiting. No, the offseason is not the best time. Oh, games, not even spring training. Oh, it's fun. Not even close to as fun as the season itself. Okay. okay. All right. Well, may, maybe I've had that wrong a couple uh, times over the years. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is where we uh, we dive into the, the hot stove, try to figure out free agency, trades, what are the best moves, what's Jerry thinking, what would we do? Uh, so welcome to Stove Podcast, I don't know, year number four of this, year number five of this, uh, that uh, Bucky and I have been doing this in the off season, and we're excited because it is. It's a feeling of trying to take a team that's already good, making them great, uh, finishing that little taste that we got this past year of playoff baseball uh, and try to turn it into a world champion, try to track down the Houston Astros, take the division, and take the whole damn thing, Bucky. That's right. That's that's the direction we're moving in now. We've been patient. I've been ultra patient. You've been quite patient. You set out a, an idea and a plan, what, four years ago? Yeah. Four years ago, and what was going to make Mariners fans uncomfortable because it felt like they were maybe right there nipping – to make the playoffs and end that stupid drought. And yet that isn't what should have mattered. What matters is trying to build a champion. And they were still a long ways away. They were more than one or two moves away. So they tore the thing down and rebuilt it back up. And we finally got to see something that was really fun to watch this last year. But now just getting in the playoffs, that's not enough. I mean, we had an opportunity to win a playoff. We did win a playoff series, had an opportunity to possibly beat the, the team that went on to win it all. So you got to make some splashes this offseason to put us over the top. It's a really great place to start. It really is. And, I, and again, I, I didn't really have an agenda for this uh, first episode. I, well, uh, we're, we're going to get into some of the moves that could be made. But I think that's a really good place to start. And that's going back four years ago. And I, I did write an article, and I've said these are going to make this is going to make you feel uncomfortable because I knew Mariner fans didn't want to go through a rebuild, and I knew that Mariner fans had felt they'd been rebuilding for forty years, which isn't the case. Uh, but uh, but and then saying goodbye to some veteran pieces that were still very effective, Nelson Cruz and, and others. Uh, even James Paxton was pitching pretty well uh, at the time, um, but. The the decision did come down to rebuild the thing, but to do it the right way, to do it the modern way. And I believe that the thing's been right on track the entire time. I believe it was very 
frank of Jerry DePoto to say it's not about winning right now. Baseball fans don't want to hear that. Sports fans don't want to hear about that. It wasn't about winning. It's about development. And then the next year, still about development. And then the third year, we want to be competitive. And they were. And then the fourth year, the announcement was made at the beginning of the year that, you know, it's about making the playoffs. We're about making the playoffs. And they made the playoffs. It's like I I realize that there's been four years of hand-wringing and name-calling and uh, place-blaming that has taken place in this marketplace for this baseball team, but they are just right on track with everything that they said they were going to do four years ago. And now we not only have a playoff season under our belt, Bucky, and the drought is over, we have a first-round playoff series win uh, that took place as well. So we even checked that off the list this past year. And so now guess what happens? Guess how we start the beginning of this year? It's about winning a World Series. Mm. That's wow. what it is. Yeah. And hopefully for every year for the next 5 to 15, that's the way. If you did the rebuild the right way and the way that Jerry is sort of still rebuilding while winning, like he's creating the second wave of prospects that are going to crash on the shore when he needs them to. You know, the Harry Fords of the world and the uh, what, Cole Young, Cole Young's of the world, those guys that are going to be the second wave that's going to come crashing down here in about three, four years. So he's already working on this being, you know, something that we get to do annually. We get to have one of these playoff runs that takes place. And so for us to be here getting ready for year five since that rebuild, since that article that I wrote four years ago, this is exactly where we wanted to be starting the fifth season saying it's about the World Series this year, and hopefully that's the way that we start most years going forward. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, throughout the course of this rebuild, there's it's it's been it's difficult to be a Mariner fan. Has been for quite some time because they've been either irrelevant or on the cusp and then falling short. And yet everybody just wants to take that. If you don't have a winning team, if you don't go to the playoffs, well, then you're rebuilding. No. Part of what the problem was is they weren't doing it the right way. They weren't just getting rid of old money, bad money, bad contracts, people that were on the decline, people that you could upgrade with younger versions. They weren't doing that. They were they. You'd have a GM that was on year three or year four of his of his deal, and he had inherited a a, a team that had some good players on it, but did not have the depth. Did, did not have a, a roster without big holes in it that he all of a sudden was feeling his seat getting warm, and so he'd trade off prospects to try to fill one void, but there were still too many holes in the ship, and it was taking on water, and it was not going to be a championship team, but he was trying to just end this drought. Well, that left you lingering around in mediocrity for yeah. years. That's not what you prescribed him to do four years ago. It's not what Jerry DePoto finally got the blessing and the okay to do. We sat here and argued with our coworkers about, oh, it's been seven years, and what's he done? Um, I don't know, put a team on the verge of breaking your drought, put a team on the verge of being able to compete against the best teams in the American League and possibly the entire MLB, and done it with, like you said, waves of other young prospects that are in the in the lurch, just waiting to kind of crash upon the shores, like you said. And so it's all panning out. There's no goalpost moving. Yeah. It's just this isn't an exact science. You don't say, okay, here's my plan. He has a plan with 150 different players on it. Some are nothing. Some some are guys that he knows are not going to be part of the future. But some are in the in the suspect category. They might be good. 
but they might not be good. And so some pan out and some don't pan out. And so you have to shift and call audibles and move and adjust the whole time while you're still trying to put a product on the field that becomes more and more competitive every year. And he's done that. And so the idea that he hasn't done enough in his time here is silly because right now is when you're going to finally start to see the fruits of your labor starting to come to fruition. And we can all of a sudden start taking a bite of that apple instead of wanting it to, you know, well, it's still green. Look how green it is. I don't care how green it is. Just look at what's on the horizon and I'm looking forward to what they're going to do. Now that said, the final piece of this puzzle is what we're going to get to talk about during stove this year. Yeah. What are they going to do? What are you going to do to go out there and make this team from a team that we saw struggle offensively at times, but have lights out pitching? You're not going to have the health that they've had the last couple of years through the pitching staff every year. You might not have the same bullpen that you've had every year, but there's a chance that you can continue to add to this thing and it can flourish and grow into something to where all of a sudden we're talking down the stretch run of the, of the regular season as well, this is one of the hottest teams in baseball. This is that nationally people are talking about. This is a team I think can win the world series. No one was thinking that this year, but with the pitching staff, yeah. they still had a chance to go deep in the playoffs with, if it wasn't to running into Jordan Alvarez with a hot bat in that series against the Astros. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so, yeah, it's it's a different way. And so I think people, I, I know uh, people are just fired up to talk off-season baseball and what the uh, Mariners are going to do. And so that's the idea behind Stowe. We're going to do it every Tuesday um, uh, for the off-season, most every Tuesday. Some things will pop up, I'm sure. Uh, and this particular first uh, Stove podcast of the off-season um, is our pre-Thanksgiving uh, stove podcast and so this will last for a couple of weeks we're recording it here on a on a tuesday uh i'm gonna go out of town so this will get us through thanksgiving and so with that in mind uh we're gonna do a thanksgiving theme overview of the off season going forward well, i love thanksgiving oh i know you can tell as uh, i rub my belly yeah yeah that's uh yeah you can give me some nice morsels to digest. Yes, I'm, I'm going to try to do that. Okay, good. Uh, mm. And what do we start uh, talking uh, when we think about Thanksgiving? What are, you, what are you talking about when you go up to the table? What's the centerpiece? Turkey. The turkey. I want a turkey. All right. Smoked turkey, if so, you will. So let's get the main piece. Let's get the main part of this meal uh, this off season um, because the Mariners are in position. By the way, they're spending money for those that have doubted that. Uh, Julio not only gets the contract extension that could make him one of the wealthiest players in the sport, Luis Castillo got his contract extension, Robbie Ray still from a year ago making making good money, um, and, and it sounds like this is an organization that is willing uh, to wade into the deepest waters of free agency and try to lure one of the top free agents over, um, but that's, that's no guarantee. I think I think they will knock on the doors, but I'm not here to tell you. I think we're going to end up with one of the five. And when I say five, I'm talking about offensive impact bats. Aaron Judge, we're not ending up with Aaron Judge. And then there are four shortstops, Correa, Turner, Swanson, and Bogarts. Those, by all accounts, are the top five offensive impact free agents this offseason. Um, and so I think they are going to knock on all of those doors but Judge's. And see, you know, what deal can be had. But when you think about it, Bucky, you got 30 people trying to eat five turkeys, you know, here. <laughs> and so this it, the five, only five families are going to end up with the turkeys. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that main piece of the offseason uh, looks like, uh, but I do hope it's one of those five. But I want it to be because you didn't, 
have to win a bidding war and you end up spending forty million a year on Dansby Swanson. I don't I don't even want them to do that, uh, which I think a lot of fans want them to do. Um, I would love for them to come away with one of those four shortstops, um, but it's not going to be easy because there are going to be a lot of teams. There are going to be 10, 15 teams bidding on those suckers. Yeah, and I, t- so we obviously have – you look at this as the one of your favorite parts of sports, right? Just the watching and, and the puzzle making of doing GM stuff. That's why you wrongfully said that this is the best time of the season is, <laughs> is the off season. But I – I like what you've I've learned from you over the course of time because I don't look at it like that. I don't see a lot of TV ads, by the way, that yeah. suggest this is the most wonderful time of the year. So I yeah, don't know. But they they're talking about Christmas, right? Not what I'm talking. about. No, that's no. Well, that, this is your Christmas, but yeah. this is not the actual holiday. Oh, Christmas! I think they're combining them. I don't think they are. Yeah. I, but you know what? You can go with that I think if you'd Bing like. Crosby was. If you, I, yeah, yeah, okay. Hallmark, well, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm yeah. not gonna pee in your Cheerios. That's right. that's what they're going for. Yeah. It's the greatest time of the year. Yeah, not really. But I, one of the things that you've made abundantly clear is. It's not about, and this is the unfortunate part that's really irritating to me, and I think it irritates you as well, is those out there that think that just spend the most money and that means you care enough. (laughs) No. I want you to still spend money wisely because I want this to go on for a decade or more. That's what I want. You go out and spend, well, we're just going to get Aaron Judge because that's going to appease the disgruntled Mariner fan that thinks that we don't ever spend money. Okay. So get in a bidding war with the Giants and the Dodgers or whoever else, and spend $58 million a year. Because then you're going to be hamstrung when uh, when somebody gets hurt or when you spring a leak somewhere else in the boat. You're going to be – it's going to be tough to then open your pocketbook again to fill that hole. Do it the right way. Do it the way that they have been doing it. Don't change your plan because your plan is something that has – it wasn't for short term four years ago. It was for a process that was going to take a few years, and now you're knocking on the door of – being able to turn this from a, a competitive team, a playoff team, to a great team, a World Series contending team, and then I want you to maintain that. And so you want to bring guys in that fit the mold of what you're doing this year or this coming season and in years to come, and that you can hopefully sign and keep them long-term as well while you still don't have to fill every void with some long-term free agent contract because you have a youth movement. You have guys in the minor leagues that you are hopeful are going to come up and, and, and contribute to this team as well. So I'm with you. I, I think that this is a season where they do need to make a splash, but you don't go out and just do a cannonball in the middle of the waters if it's not the right move at that point in time. You don't just go out and try to make the biggest splash just for the sake of appeasing those that think that's what means makes makes sense and makes you uh, means that you're trying to win. We're not getting Judge. It's not going to happen. He's going to be a Yankee, a Dodger, or a Giant, uh, and and so and he's probably going to get around fifty million a year. Um, so. But I will entertain the four shortstops, every single one of them. The market price, if you'll, you know, and, and I don't listen to just one source. I try to gather several sources and then come with something of an aggregate uh, amount that it, it could cost the Mariners. Um, Carlos Correa is looking like well over $30 million a year. Uh, a guy that uh, is coming off another really good season. Um, Trey Turner, I'm reading that he could go for even more per year than Correa, and it could be in the 32 to $35 million per range. For Trey Turner and his speed and his all-around game, he's probably the guy most willing to move to second base 
because he's played it before, if that's something that Jerry is serious about and keeping JP at shortstop. Xander Bogarts, uh, I've been reading somewhere between the $25, $28 million range for Xander Bogarts um, as, as a 29-year-old who, by the way, had a really good defensive year at shortstop this year. He was a Gold Glove finalist uh, this year in the American League, which he's never really been in the past. That's been something that's been questioned about his game in the past. And then Dansby Swanson, who did win a Gold Glove and hit more home runs than any of them, uh, but it sounds like 22 to 25 million for a Dansby Swanson. So, uh, two part question for you: Of the four, and considering the price range we're talking about, which guy interests you most to add to this team? Uh, and uh, and then secondarily, um, do you have to have one of these four this off season? I kind of feel like you do need to have one of these four. Okay. Now that you don't have to, obviously, there's a way in which you can you can create the sum of parts that equals championship contending team without getting one of these four guys. That's not a, a make or break in my opinion, but it's definitely the biggest step in that direction, right? I mean, even bigger than Aaron Judge is is a giant step in that direction. But like you said, I don't think that that's going to be in our price range, and I don't think you want to get into a bidding war with that. Even though he's he's perfect, he's I mean he's awesome. He's a guy that you you plug right in there at the top of your lineup, and and he's danger to say the least, and he can play some defense as well. I want him to go after one of these guys. I don't want them to get into the bidding war, so I want him to make a smart decision. Um, that said, you could find yourself in a position where they're all being bid on by a bunch of other families that are wanting to slice of turkey. Um, but Trey Turner's my favorite one out of all of them. I love the speed that he brings to the game. I think he's a guy that could – this is a team that likes to run and put pressure on teams. Defense, when they're on offense and you get on base, they like to put some pressure and, and get the runners moving a little bit. I think that he does that um, as well, if not better, than all the rest of the these shortstops. Um I like the idea of him being able to move to second or still play short, and I, I don't think that there's going to be a giant hiccup if if they ask JP to move. I, I think he wants to stay JP there. JP will move to second if the right piece is added to this organization. Exactly. So and that drama is – I'm almost tired of hearing about it. Yeah, exactly. He seems like the epitome of a team guy, right? Yeah. He's the guy right now that's carrying the torch that was probably passed on from Kyle Seeger as the team leader, if you will, the most vocal team leader for sure, and – what comes along with that is if we add a guy that is better than you at that position, but you're still going to be up the middle and we can have two shortstops roam in the middle of our infield, what do you think? Want to go win a World Series? And he's going to, all right, let's do it. It's not like he has to change gloves and start learning how to take outfield routes. He still is going to get to play picket and play it the way he likes to play. So, And that's important, by the way, to have two athletic middle infielders because they're getting rid of the shift for next year. And so you want to have those two guys that can, you know, go get the ball up the middle. You're going to athleticism is going to return to the middle infield uh, in, nice. in Major League Baseball. And so, you know, adding a shortstop, adding a middle infielder is uh, something I, I would think is a priority uh, for Jerry this offseason. And he's, he's certainly uh, talking that way. I'd go Dansby Swanson. Because I think he is going to be the lowest priced. I think his his career is actually on an upward trajectory, where I think the other three have probably hit their ceilings. Uh, we know what we're we're getting out of the other three. Um, I think he's a ball player, uh, and I think that uh, somebody that you know, I I think there's a bias against him, Bucky, because 
early in his career, he was this number one overall pick, and the expectations were so high, and he wasn't meeting them. But lo and behold, he hits free agency at age 29, and now he's every bit the number one worthy of the number one overall pick uh, that he once he once was. So you're talking about somebody that's had the best defensive season out of all the shortstops that we mentioned. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And also the best power season of the shortstops. Maybe not the best offensive season overall. But he hit more home runs than any of the four, and you really don't go there with Dansby Swanson. You don't think home run hitter, elite defender, and yet that's what he has become here by age 29. Right. I mean, he broke into the league and was hitting 230 or something. So it's automatically 230, 238, something like that the first couple seasons. And and so you're going to think, oh, this isn't working out. He's not figuring out. Well, the game's not that easy. Not everybody (laughs) hits the ground like Julio Rodriguez and – Hits 275 right off the bat. There's there's a difference. You can still be a really, really, really good baseball player and struggle your first couple of years. I mean, you you mentioned Mike Trout. Yeah. Was Mike Trout Mike Trout his first year in the league? Not the first year. His name was still Mike Trout. By the second he was. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a second for you to figure out how to go about your business in the big leagues. I didn't play long enough to ever go through that adjustment phase, but I did at other levels. My first year in AA, I struggled. Does that mean I wasn't good enough to play in double-A? Because by all accounts, those that think, ah, that guy didn't do it. He hit 230 his first year in the big leagues. He's no good. Uh, well, then what, what about Cal Raleigh then? Is he, is he no good? Is he not capable yeah. of, of, of manning a position at the big league roster at this point? Because if we give up on guys when they first break in, then you find yourself looking like an idiot later on when they end up figuring it out and kind of going through the growing pains that come along with most players at this league. So – Dansby Swan, I, I'm happy with any of those guys, to be yep. honest, because Me too. I think that that second base is a hole that we it's a hole. It's a vacancy at this point in time. You got JP at short, Adam Frazier. They're not going to bring back Adam Frazier. You do need to upgrade that spot. And so any one of these four is a gigantic upgrade offensively. It's an upgrade defensively, any one of these four. And so whether they're playing short or whether they're playing second, I'm A-OK with it. And I, I do think that you're right. Dansby Swanson the shortened year in 2020 was in the talks for MVP. I mean, he wasn't up at the top of it, but I think he ended up getting some votes and and was a guy that was talked about as, look at this guy kind of breaking on the scene. Then the following year, he kind of went down a little bit as far as his average and hit 248, but hit 27 home runs. Combine that with this year, that's 52 home runs over the last two years for a shortstop that's picking it and now has turned into a gold glove uh, winning shortstop. And so to me, there's a lot of ways in which you can kind of peel this onion back and look at what you need. But to me, you need one of these guys, or it would be really hugely beneficial. It would fill a giant void. To me, the biggest void on on the offensive side of the ball is what are you going to put in that second base spot? Fill that spot in the lineup, and I think any one of these guys could do the job yeah, well. Well, and, and but they'll be, I mean, again, a lot of bidders. There are only four of them. There are 30 teams in baseball. And there are going to be a lot of those uh, teams that are in contention uh, that are going to spend some big money. So it's no given that you're going to end up with any of the four. As a matter of fact, I I don't feel ultra confident 
that we're going to end up with any of the four. But I do believe Jerry's going to get a big ticket item out of free agency. Um, and and so maybe it's not the big prize turkey in the window at the butcher shop. We might have to settle for just a really delicious honey baked ham. Oh. You know, I mean, that's a possibility here on our Thanksgiving special. But as long as we have a really good protein, you're all right, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going yeah. to not, not eat it. I'm not talking about tofu. I'm not talking about a tofurkey I'm going to give you or, you know, just like a lima bean salad. I'm if ta- you give me I, I a salad g- as my main entree, we're going to have words. Uh, yeah, may, uh, maybe I even, you know, sizzle you up a steak. Maybe it's time for new Thanksgiving traditions. I'm fine with that. The point is that we're going to get a protein uh, this off season. So... Is it Dansby Swanson on the low end of the Big Five versus a Brandon Nimmo from the New York Mets, who's going to be the number one behind Aaron Judge outfield prospect out there? Probably going to be about the same price as Dansby Swanson. Is this a pivot move? If we can get one of those, now maybe we satisfy the middle infield need through like a trade for Colton Wong from Milwaukee, who's got one year, $10 million left on his deal, and you could probably get him in a trade for not much in return, something, not, not, not nothing, but it doesn't have to be an, a significant return. And, and maybe that's the pivot move. If we can't get the, any of the four shortstops and we still need a middle infielder, maybe that comes via trade, but we still need that protein, right? For right. our meal. So is Brandon Nemo somebody that interests you right now? They have one outfielder that you feel sure about and that's Julio, right? Hanniger's a free agent. Winker looks like he's on the trade block. Kelnick and Trammell still look like they haven't yet arrived. Not that we're we're giving up on them, certainly not on stove. Uh, but that's really only one sure thing in your outfield that you have right now. This is supposed to be a World Series contender. So is Nimmo a nice free agent, you know, fork in the road that you might take? 20-plus million per year five to seven years for a guy that's a on-base machine. He can play all three outfield positions. He's fast, even though he doesn't steal a lot of bases. He's fast. He might steal more since they're changing the rules up and giving bigger bags might be, uh, it might be motivation for him to steal more bags this year. He's got a little bit of, I don't know if I'd call it pop, but he can hit you 15 to 20 home runs a season and he's 6'3", 215. So maybe, believe it or not, coming to T-Mobile, he might become more of a home run hitter than what you saw at that pitcher's park uh, in New York with the, with the Mets. So he's an interesting prospect. The price tag seems to be really high on him, and you know how much Jerry drools over on-base guys. So is Nimmo, if you come away with him as the consolation prize, as your protein for this meal this offseason – you okay with that? Yeah, I am. I, because that's a nice, delicious steak. I mean, you look at, I don't dive into the saber metrics like a lot of people do, but I mean, I can understand what, you know, wins against replacement means, right? And I, I don't know for sure if I wholeheartedly buy into it 100%, but there's some validity to it. And Aaron Judge, after hitting 8 million home runs this year, um, you know, he's by far and away the biggest when it comes to that stat. Brandon Nimmo, I think, is like 8, 8.7 war, which is pales in comparison to Aaron Judge's 16-something. But he's like double the next best outfielder. 
So you're not those, getting both seem high, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You, you don't end up you don't end up having some uh, you don't end up having some tofurkey if you end up getting this guy. No. It's a splashy enough move that you are you're putting some protein on the table that I'm going to happily sit down, sharpen my knife, and and dig in. Yeah, uh, and and I think that he probably profiles as a leadoff hitter. Uh, which I think is advantageous because Julio moves to second now in your order as opposed to at the top of the order, which I think gives him more RBI opportunities. Um, but you're still vacant that middle of the order kind of bat. Right. Uh, and and so with Hanniger leaving, now you've got Julio middle of the order. Ty, I'm still going to give him – you know, the nod for being a middle-of-the-order bat. Suarez, I'm, I'm hoping, can repeat what he did this past season. But this team was really lacking. Hanniger did not come through this year. Hanniger was supposed to provide thump. He hit 40 home runs the previous mm-hmm. year. Not only was he out of the lineup most of the time, he wasn't productive when he was in the lineup, not to the degree that they needed uh, him to be. So, Nemo nor Swanson probably satisfies that middle-of-the-order scary hitter that this team probably could use going forward. So, um, before we're done with our uh, protein for our meal, is like a Jose Abreu, somebody that interests you. 36 years old, coming off just a 15-home run season, which feels weird because he otherwise had a great year at the plate. He hit over 300. His on-base was like 380, 390-390. he hit 40-plus doubles, so he had a good slugging average this year. He's a heck of a clubhouse guy, and you might be able to get him for less than $20 million per season. So if you're comparing like a Nimmo, who might be the better, younger, more dynamic player, but he doesn't satisfy that need or desire that you would have for that middle-of-the-order solution, is Abreu somebody that would interest you more than Nimmo? Um, well, that's a rough one because, I mean, well, obviously I don't have a, a hidden bias towards DHs. I, I, I think that that's a position that now everybody has to play with. And so I don't see Well, he's it a as, first baseman technically, but we have a first right, baseman. Right, exactly. It's just one of those, if you're going to bring a guy on that's had a, it wasn't a bad year. He had over 300. And so, and he does have thump and he goes up there and while he's a power guy that can hit you 30 plus homers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This year he didn't do that, but he's a guy that goes up there and has good ABs. And so to me, he's a guy that fits right into the way in which this team wants to go about scoring runs. It, it They still hit a bunch of home runs this year. I mean, they, but they kind of yeah. lived and died by it. When they ran into a buzzsaw, a pitcher yeah. that went out there and spun a good breaking ball up there, and doesn't allow the long ball, then they didn't score many runs, and they went through many bouts like that. This is a guy that can go up there and hit regardless of who's pitching. He's a professional hitter. And so, yeah, he's a guy that interests me for sure. I'm, it it kind of starts getting into, as we as we start moving down the list of 
the best things that are out there available. And then if you don't get that, then how about this? How about this? When we, we don't have to get too far down where we're at right now, where if we only get one of those guys, then whatever they do as far as trades, you're talking about the one where you make a move to go get somebody that has one year left on their deal to fill that second base spot. Then those have to be done and those have to be done well to where you all of a sudden are like, okay, maybe none of these are the splashiest move that make me go, Oh, wow. But the combination of all of the moves then would make me feel excited about what they did. Well, yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Price is Right. Like there's a couple of different ways to go about this. There are a couple of other showdown showcase showdowns mm-hmm. that we could have. And you know, sometimes when you watched Price is Right, and there was like three items. Now I remember as a kid, like, well, I only got three items, and then Mom would tell me, yeah, but one of them was a yacht. Right. Yeah, you know, and you're like, so oh, so yachts are. I see. Is that what you're telling me, yeah. Mom, here? Uh, and so that would make the, even though the other one looked like it had more fun, there were like 12 items in the other one. The three-piece showcase was the actual higher, more expensive one. More value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, yeah. I, more expensive. I pa- yeah, I passed on the other showcase showdown, cause, and, and I'm glad because now I got a shot at the yacht. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. So there are a few yachts in the harbor here. Uh, with this free agency, but it doesn't mean that you can't go for the other showcase and get a lot of items that could that could put you over the top. As a matter of fact, you could even make those trades that that because that's the other possibility. I mean, I really think those are really the only five impact free agent bats in the entire marketplace, or six, because I got to count Judge and all of that. Um, like six, this entire offseason in free agency. So you can go get that protein for our Thanksgiving offseason via trade, but do we want to? Because mm-hmm. now we're talking about giving up more prospects. Now we're, you know, we already gave up a lot for Castillo, and I'm glad that we did that. But now do we want to dip further into, and I'm talking prospects, moving a cluster more of those guys in order to make a trade for somebody, a Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh, for example, uh, who's been on the uh, the on, on the edge of our lips for a couple of years now. Um, yeah, there's another way to go get that protein, but I'd just rather come out of pocket for it because we've got the financial flexibility than I would to go out there and and pay the freight and prospects. I value my prospects more than I do. Uh, where we're at with the payroll right now. Yeah, yeah. so do I. I mean, I don't want to give up too much because, like I said, I want this to last for a long time. And in doing that, that means you need to hold on to those things that are going to be waves that are going to be coming in years to come. But if you can figure out a way, which I'm certain that they have it mapped out, of, of how important they deem a youngster, a prospect in their minor league organization, if you have a, a... a surplus of something where you're like, okay, we have this guy, but we have this guy too. And we're only going to need one of those guys to pop. And I believe this guy's going to, but this guy could, and other general managers understand this guy could be a piece of our future. We don't need to hold on to two of them just to make sure that one of them pops and you don't get rid of the one that does and get left with the one that isn't that good. You have to take a risk at times. And if you take the risk to get rid of somebody that might end up being really good somewhere else, and you might make the wrong choice and end up the one with the one that doesn't pan out, but if you do that to get somebody that's good now to help you fill and plug a hole that you have in your lineup now for this next 2023 season, then you got to do it. I mean, it's just 
it's difficult decisions, but you've said it many, many times on our show. You can't fall in love with everybody, and you aren't well, going to be able to use everybody. Yeah, but, I mean, most of the elite prospects are now up, and then and then the uh, the ones that didn't come up, uh, Hancock's still out there, um, but we sent a lot of them away with for, for the Castillo trade. So if you want to make the trade, you know, do you want to package together – even more of your prospect uh, depth in order to pull that off and bring somebody in. I personally would rather go the free agency route. So of all the proteins for our Thanksgiving offseason that I've mentioned, Judge, we can't afford. I'm sorry. That's just something that that belongs to rich folk. Right. We could certainly up our payroll, but we're not rich folk. That's not where the Mariners operate, and they never will and frankly never should until the rules change to revenue sharing in Major League Baseball, which they're not. So judge to me is just beyond. I kind of think that Turner and Correa are beyond, but if I found out over the weekend that Jerry and John decided to go for it, I'd be happy. Right. I'd be happy about having one of those guys to talk about and start figuring out the lineup machinations and adding that player to this team. Um, but I really think it's Bogarts, Swanson, Nemo, Abreu, or trading more prospects, top prospects, to get out like a Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh. So to me, that's the menu. That's what we're choosing from uh, to set our meal up for the offseason. Of all those options, which one attracts you the most? Well... Uh, if I just if if I can only have one, as Softy would say, I want, boy, I want to go the splashier one. I mean, I I get that Carlos Correa is a great baseball player. I don't want to have to figure out a way to love that guy. <laughs> I don't. I don't like him. I don't like his face. It's very punchable to me. But he's damn good. And I know that if they went out and made that move, I would find a way to cheer for him. I'm sure he would say some things that are correct in his press conference. That would make me be able to overlook some of the reasons why I don't like him. He's Alex Rodriguez, just not as good. Yes, exactly. And I don't like Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. But I neither did, do Mariner fans. But I did when he was here yeah. doing what Alex Rodriguez <laughs> did on the baseball field. So it uh Trey Turner's the guy for me. Okay. I mean, it's the one that I like the most. It's just I love the fact that he's a professional hitter. He's got thump. He can run. He can pick it. He seems like a ball player to me. You know how much that means to me. Just little things that you watch that, that gritty ball players do, right? You show me a guy that has a clean uniform at the end of the game, and I'm probably not going to be his biggest fan. You show me somebody that is always getting dirty and always playing the game hard, playing the game the right way, is smart because little smart decisions over the course of 162 games turn, in, turn you from a team that misses a playoffs into a team that wins a playoffs. If you have a group of guys that make smart little decisions – Ball in the dirt, take the extra base. Tag up when you – most guys wouldn't necessarily, but you get a good read. Understanding where the outfielders are. So you score on that little Texas leaguer that's out over the infield. He does things like that. Yeah, he does. And this team is designed to do things like that. That's why they play what we would call chaos ball is because they do little things that give keep you in games and end up putting you over the top and you win 90 games and, and end up making it into the playoffs is because they do a lot of little things. So – He's the guy that right now is the apple of my eye when it comes to this free agency. I just don't know for sure. I don't. I have a feeling he's the apple of a lot of people's eye. He right is. behind Aaron Judge, it's him. And so 
I don't want to overspend. That doesn't mean I don't want to spend, though. Yeah, I think you're going to have to, though. Probably. So that, that's, the, that's what you got to resign yourself. I mean, we're talking somebody that right now is being projected at $33, $34 million per year. So that's eight years, $280 million. That's a lot. That's, it is a lot. That, that is a lot to add. Um, like I said, if I found out they did it, I'd be happy because it would be fun. Turner leads off. Rodriguez second. You know, and, and having those conversations and starting to fill out a, a lineup, uh, you know, that way. Uh, I kind of want the other showcase, though. I And, and Swanson I'd prefer because I don't think that there's a – $10 million per year difference between those two players. And if that means I can get, you know, something else in addition to that this offseason, because, you know, John Stanton's got a threshold that he's going to go to payroll-wise for this upcoming year. There's not $10 million of value difference between Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson. So I'll take the lesser guy and add something to him. And I'm even entertaining the Abreu thing. And I did not think that was a possibility. But – I'm really worried about this team not having that legit three, four, five hitter in their order to hit behind Julio. And so I think this guy satisfies that. And if you could get him on a two year, let's split the difference between what people are speculating about two years, 32, two years, 34. If you could get him on that kind of deal. I think he could, he could be something that puts you over the top. And again, gives me a lot more flexibility to make some other additions, to go get some side dishes, which is where we're going to take the podcast now because Thanksgiving meal is not complete without side dishes. That's true. Yeah, and I do think Jerry's going to trade a lot. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think he makes one impact free agent signing this offseason, and I think it will be a batter. I think it will be a hitter. And then I think that he's got a lot of pieces that he wants to move. And I think we're going to see old Trader Jerry return this year. I think that he's going to move Winker. I think he's going to move Marco. I think he's going to move Flexen. And I think he's going to do it in three different moves, uh, Bucky, to add different different kind of pieces uh, to this roster going forward. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's a surplus. When you talk about Marco and Flexen, it's a surplus because at this point in time, I don't know if you necessarily need either one of those guys. They're both capable guys. They're both guys that contributed to this team winning 90 games and making the playoffs. So it's not to talk down about them. It's just you have you have a you have a stable of I mean rocket arm guys in the rotation right now, and I think they do have a couple guys waiting in the wings. Maybe if you use a if you go trade for something big some big time splashy trade you might have to get rid of a taylor dollard somebody like that that i think they have on the cusp of of maybe thinking that could one break won't in. hurt that one i'm really hancock would hurt yes I, either one of them i think could end up hurting in the long run it would still feel a little oh boy but if you got somebody that is a proven commodity that's going to help you win and maybe get to a sure. world series this I'm year then i'm open for it as well um you know I think that there's I think that there's an idea of you can get you can find someone 
that sees the value in a flex and sees the value in Marco Gonzalez yes. while you see it as well. And so you sell it to them as look how valuable they are. And they go, yeah, I do see the value of that. I would love to have that guy on my team because it was just proven this past season how valuable they can be to a team that made the playoffs. If you can do that and you can end up getting someone that still creates somewhat of a splash, but it fills a need that you don't have. You don't have the need at starting pitching right now. Other te- teams do, and they might have a plethora of of guys in a position where you can fill a hole and you can plug one of the spots that's taken on water on your roster. I'm all for going out there. I, I don't think he's going to do either or. I think I'm with you. I think he's going to do both. I think he's going to try to make some sort of free agent move, spend some money because they can. That's part of the reason of the the, the thing that you prescribed four years ago and the thing that we watched Jerry do a big part of that was getting rid of money that was maybe overspent on a guy that wasn't worth it to some degree. Love Kyle Seeger, but he wasn't a $25 million player the last few years of his career here. So to me, if you can go get rid of that money, now you have some money to spend. And if you don't want to get into a bidding war for some of the top two, three biggest free agents out there, then go spend some in free agency and then move some move some pieces in your minor league system and even some guys in your in your big league team that you think, okay, we can do without them because this fills a need that we have right now. I, I do want to clarify something here on this as we get these uh, off-season conversations started. Uh, because, man, when you are just analyzing your team over the course of a year, whether you're a talk show host or a, a fan or whatever the case may be, you see all the warts. You see all the warts in your team. And you don't – and I tried to do this during the season. You heard me do this a lot. Like, every team's got warts. I mean – we're we were better than the Yankees this year <laughs> you know all the hand ring and how crappy this guy was and how crappy that guy was and everything every team has guys that underperform every single year Jesse Winker has trade value Marco Gonzalez has trade value Chris Flexen has trade value Do you know how many teams in this league do not have? It's so funny how quickly you get spoiled here. Haven't had a playoff team in 20 years, and you're spoiled with your starting rotation. I mean, we put Chris Flexen on the bench in the middle of a season. Mm -hmm. He was having a decent year. Not good, but certainly not bad. Not a guy that deserved to be benched bad. Chris Flexen is a rotational piece somewhere in Major League Baseball. Do you know how many teams in baseball are desperate for starting pitching and mm-hmm. starting pitching depth? Flexen has value. At a one-year contract, he has value. Now, you probably flip him and get like a one-year player in return. There are rumors going on right now. J.P. Morosi saying that, that Toronto – is interested in Flexen and might be a T. Oscar Hernandez trade. And there are some other ones saying Mariners would probably have to throw some pieces in. Maybe not. And, yes, I'm all about that. Give me T. Oscar Hernandez for Chris Flexen. Where do I sign? Mm-hmm. Okay. But the point is that you spend you spend your time in a summer with a team and then you suddenly decide that he sucks – and so we couldn't get a bag of balls. It's not the case. Marco Gonzalez has got a pretty good track record. He's still young. He's only making $6 million this year and $12 million the following year. He's a three or four starter on a good baseball team. Mm-hmm. And at $6 million a year, that's right. value. Jesse Winker, the back of his baseball card, says 
He's one of the better hitters in Major League Baseball, especially against right-handed pitchers. He had an offseason. Do you think that the rest of the league is like, oh, Jesse Winker sucks. He's done. Yeah, it's not like you just turned 40. Yeah, he's in his 20s still. He had an off year. I put together something for the website. Brandon Lau from uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. He hit 39 home runs two years ago. This year, he hit 10. Do you want Brandon? Would you take a chance on Brandon Lau? Hell yeah. Put him at second base. All right, you're not going to hit me 10. I know you're not going to hit me 40, but I know you're not going to hit me 10. Hit me 22 home runs this year. Play solid defense. I'll even platoon you with Dylan Moore. And I can get you right now for minimum trade value. Your stock is low. Winker's stock is low. Still, there's stock value But there. there's still stock value. And there are plenty of guys around the league coming off crappy seasons that I would love to roll the dice on and bring them into a Seattle uniform. And there are going to be teams throughout baseball, Bucky, that feel the exact same way about Jesse Winker. He still has value. You could move him for a piece. Hell, let's go ahead and trade him right now straight up for Cattell Marte. He's coming off a bad year. Hit just 12 home runs. So is Cattell Marte not somebody, something that people are interested in? I am. The guy's a switch hitter who hits from bo- hits with power now. You didn't even realize he hit with power because when he was here, he didn't hit with power because he weighed 98 pounds. <laughs> now he's like 205, 210-pound, muscle-bound, legit, back-to-back, MLB Network's best player, second baseman in the game kind mm-hmm. of player, but he's coming off a crappy year with a lot of injuries. Right. Winker for Marte? That's not out of the realm of possibility. So we're not the only team in baseball that had players who are considered good who had bad years this year. They can be flipped, and I am happy to flip Jesse Winker for Brandon Lau right now and have him be our second baseman next year. Yeah, there's not a single team. The World Series champs, uh, their first baseman was god-awful. What's his name? Yuli Gurriel. Yes. Yeah, he was God awful year. all year. And then he was great in the playoffs. And then killed it in the playoffs. So he had value to them. They were expecting him to do more during the regular season than he did. Well, the team has enough talent to where his poor season during the regular season wasn't something that they had to get flustered and say, well, we got to get more out of our first base. We, ha- we can't do this again. They, so you could overlook that word. From the outside looking at it, me, I looked at the entirety of the Houston Astros and thought, that team is dangerous, that team yep. is good, that team can win a World Series again, possibly. But they were and, weak at center field. They were weak at first base, as you mentioned. Brantley, who was a, a, a cog in that, out. he was hurt, and not, not they didn't have that anymore. Trey Mancini had, came over there, and, and they thought nothing. he was going to be an addition, and he was a subtraction. Exactly. So even the teams that are good enough to win the World Series and, and don themselves the best team in all of Major League Baseball have their warts, and yet that is something that you're right. Most people don't look at it like that. They just think, well, look at how good their good players are. We, we don't have anybody that's even close to Aaron Judge. Well, nobody had anybody as close to Aaron Judge. <laughs> but they didn't have The D. Yankees Gregorius. don't even have anybody as good as Aaron Judge right yeah. now. <laughs> and exactly. So, I mean, it just it boils down to you have to, yeah, you have to look at the entirety of the thing. And that's the reason why GMs that are worth their weight, that's what they're doing. They're not just going out there and going willy-nilly and just saying, well, Jesse Winker had a bad year for us, so I'm just going to give him away for a song, for nothing. That's not that would be stupid because there is a chance that Jesse Winker could if he comes back here, which I don't think he will, 
that he could end up rebounding. He didn't. He didn't come. He didn't look strong. He didn't. There's all kinds of different reasons behind it. He's obviously having surgery, so he wasn't feeling well. He it was a trade during spring training after a shortened off season or a long elongated off off season where you didn't know when the season was to start. There's all kinds of reasons why things like this can happen. Doesn't make it any more easy to stomach when you're watching him go up there and just not get the job done and yet keep getting put out there, keep getting put out there. But that's what you do, and most teams end up having something like that go on during the course of their season. What makes you good as a team is how much can you hide that wart because of the rest of the talent around. Well, this team. Well, you're just assembling talent, and some guys are going to overperform, and some guys are going to underperform, yep. and some guys are going to perform exactly what their baseball card says, and it, and it renews itself every freaking year. Yeah. That's the way that it works. But nobody in baseball has just written off Jesse Winker of, well, that guy forgot how to hit. He still has some value out there. Now, I will acknowledge, I mean, we're doing a Thanksgiving meal here right now. There's a reason that I brought his name up with the side dishes. You can't trade him right now for an elite piece. You can't package all three of those guys together, Flex and Marco and Winker, and get an elite piece. I mean, let's be real about it. But what can you do? You can flip him. For like a side dish, you can flip a Chris Flexen for a Colton Wong, who we talked about earlier. If you strike out on all those middle middle infield free agents, Colton Wong would be a really nice piece on this team. Switch hitter, gold glove, middle infielder who's been on championship teams, he's 32 years old, good on base, hits you about 15 home runs per year. That's a really nice piece. Now you got to make up for it somewhere else. Now you got to pull off that T. Oscar Hernandez trade because. We need something with power this mm-hmm. offseason. But a Teoscar Hernandez move for Chris Flexen and a Marco for Colton Wong move, I'm making both of those moves, and I'm better Yeah, right there. But those are the kind you, – you, know, you can't trade any of those guys. You can't trade them collectively for an elite piece, that protein that we were talking about earlier. But you can treat them as really tasty side dishes right now. Right. And I, can, I, will, I will trade, you know, candied yams – for some mac and cheese. Oh, so let's get some, yeah, let's get some mac and cheese. I'd even trade candied yams for mashed potatoes, whatever. Keep it in the potato family. Yeah, but that is very doable for Jerry this off season, and I think people are going to be surprised at what he's going to end up getting back in return for those three players. I think he's going to trade all three of them, Bucky, and I think he's going to get back pieces, decent pieces for all three of them. Right, exactly. I mean, if he just did that, just alone, just made one trade or uh, or went out there and made a couple different moves, and, and you end up with something that's the equivalent of mashed potatoes, which is a great meal, but you didn't get another piece that was the gravy on top of it, well, then it could end up feeling a bit bland. The offseason off could be bland. But if he ends up saying, we have a surplus of things in the starting rotation, we have a guy in Jesse Winker who maybe didn't fit into the mentality and the idea and the the personality of this team, and yet there's other GMs when I talk to him that understand his stock is low, but he could be still the guy that hits close to 300, and he could still hit 30 home runs, and you're going to give us a piece that's not as important to you but has value for a piece that's not as important to us but has value, whether it's not as important to you because it had a bad year or whether he's not as important to you because you don't need that piece in that position. It's not a position of need at this point in time. You have to explore all those different opportunities, and sometimes just swapping side dishes, your meal ends up being better, 
their meal ends up being better. Right. That's the win-win situation that all GMs are going to go for. There's no GMs out there that just say, oh, here, we'll give you Brandon Nemo for Jesse Winker. Nobody's doing that. There's an obvious value discrepancy between certain players, and yet if you can find somebody that you see, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to take as low as this person's floor is because of the chance and the possibility that they could be up here. Here's where their ceiling is. And even somewhere in between is what you can live with and you feel like you got better because of it, then you make yeah. those moves. Greener pastures. I mean, right now the National League Central, they're all looking to trade in the National League Central. Jesse Winker terrorized the National League Central for five freaking years. You know, the Milwaukee Brewers might be interested in Jesse Winker. You know, we have a home run hitter's ballpark. Bring him back to the Midwest. He seems to thrive in the Midwest. That's that's not out of the realm of possibility. So, uh, yeah, I think that trades are going to be a big, big part of this offseason, and don't be surprised. And here's the other thing to consider. Like, relief pitching right now, I cannot believe the market for relief pitching. Robert Suarez from the San Diego Padres got five years, $45 million. He's pitched a half season mm-hmm. in the majors, and I think he's like 27 years old. Rafael Montero, who just two years ago, we couldn't have traded him for scrap metal. And he got three years, $34 million from the Houston Astros. Teams are seeing how Tampa has won, how Houston won this. Houston won because of their bullpen this year. They have a terrific lineup, and they got starting pitches coming out. They don't win without piecing together the bullpen that they and they took a lot of chances on that group. They had a lot of guys who stunk and they figured out a way to make them good. Stanick, Montero, Naris, those were all rejects from other organizations, but they had that live arm. The value for live arms right now. I mean, like an Eric Swanson, for example. He was terrific for us. He was better than Montero this year. Like Tampa Bay Rays, there's no there's no organization that values relief pitching more than Tampa Bay because they use their bullpen so heavily. They're always looking for they might trade Brandon Lau for Eric Swanson and Sam Haggerty. Like those are things that Jerry's gonna explore. And right now you will be surprised at what tradable assets that we have in this organization. I don't want to get rid of Brash. I don't want to get rid of Munoz. I kind of want to keep Seawald around just because we like Seawald. But a Swanson, do I think he's going to repeat that next year? Not really. So to flip him and get a piece, to get a piece, they're telling me in Major League Baseball, a guy that pitches like Swanson's worth $10 million per year. That's what they're saying in Major League Baseball right now. So that's another thing. That's another light that Jerry could shine on this offseason he might flip a relief pitcher or two. And I'm not worried about him getting rid of relief pitchers because if there's anything this organization it's proven it's great at is assembling flame-throwing relievers, coaching them up, and having them be effective, and Scott using them at the right time. Between Jerry's eye for it, Scott's use of them, and Pete Woodworth's coaching of them, I feel really confident in this, this organization's ability to reproduce great bullpens year after year. Yeah, which is crazy to do because it's always one of my biggest worries just all the time that I played. I mean, I've played with guys, relief pitchers. There's a reason why they're relief pitchers and not starters. Oftentimes it's because they don't they don't have the ability to be consistent. They can be lights out for 
a half a season and then they blow up and have a couple bad outings and then they're never the same again. It happens and it's I've seen it, it happens happen. all the time. It happens in this organization. It happened with Steckenrider this year. It happens in the Tampa Bay organization. It's happened in the Houston organization. But you know, organizations are really good at assembling this talent and knowing what's going to work. And I think that Seattle has proven themselves to be one of those organizations. Paul Seawald is a prime example. Paul Seawald was garbage when he was with the Mets, right? I mean, just yeah. not good. Came over here, and you, yeah, we can give it to Jerry in the eye, but in combination with with uh, Woodworth and the analytics department yes. in teaching him, you got that low three quarter arm angle. You can spin the fastball enough that it makes your 94 mile hour fastball seem like it's 98. You don't stop pitching down in the zone. That's easier for him to catch up to that. You're not throwing 103 like Munoz is. You got to locate top of the zone. It scares me. Uh, you know that. It scares me because when it gets down to crunch time, I think people are a little more amped up. And I think that extra two, three miles an hour is something beneficial for a guy that's going to be pitching late in the game. That said, I do believe that to the point that you're making. This organization, I think, has the eye and the analytics department and the coaching staff to make guys good. So you can move a piece that has high value, just like we were talking about with Jesse Winker, low stock. His stock is about as low as it could possibly be right now, yet there's other teams out there that are going to say, yeah, I can get it cheaper than I could have last year. With 30 home run potential. Yes. There's other guys just like that where you can say, I can sell an Eric Swanson for – as high as his value is ever going to be right now. Yeah. I mean, he had a one ERA, a one-something ERA. Yeah. Right now you could trade him for a piece that has more, maybe more for sure firepower looking at it. You know what I mean? As far as what you're going to get this year, it just seems like more the floor is higher than what Swanson's could be. I believe Swanson could come back and yeah. be really good and be really effective next year. But, again, this is if you, if somebody's interested in him, you have to listen to what they're willing to give you for him. And if you deem that what you're getting is better for the long haul and better for next year and there's less risk involved and you can get it because of how high his stock is right now, you have to take a look at those things. Yeah, individually, the argument of you can't trust relief pitchers from year to year. I agree with that individually. But I disagree with it collectively. Organizationally. Organizationally. Yeah. And I think – Tampa Bay and Houston and us and several others have proven. Even the Yankees, I mean, they're not spending big boatloads. They spent a lot of money on a roll as Chapman, but they found Clay Holmes from the Pittsburgh Pirates. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, Michael King from the Pirates as well, and they were dominant this year. Mm-hmm. Like, the Pirates couldn't have used those guys? Right. There are just some organizations, Chad Green, that can find relief pitching talent. They know how to coach it, analytics it, cultivate it, and then use it on game day, and we're one of those organizations. So I'm okay with flipping one of our surplus relievers because I got Brash, who I think is going to end up being better than all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh because and I'm I'm willing to do that, and you will. I think you people will be surprised at the kind of piece that you could get in return 
for a reliever coming off an ERA one uh, season this year. Um, so something else uh, to consider on that front. All right, we got to get to we let's finish out the meal. We don't have much time. We've gone a little longer than what we normally would uh, for stove, uh, but. I want to cover two more topics here, Bucky. Um, glass of wine. I want to have a glass of wine with my Thanksgiving meal. Just one? Well, I'm going to have more than that. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have more than that. Uh, but I, what I don't want is a glass of wine. Okay. This off season. Wine. So, can we do? Can we be a buddy out there and just do a better job of not the sky is falling? <laughs> if Jerry and John don't sign Aaron Judge and Trey Turner. No, they will not. Can we? Can we? Can we? Can we all be a bunch of buddies this offseason? Because we had to deal with this last offseason. You know, can we just kind of all agree, hands in the middle, right now, that just because the Mariners didn't get one of the elite five free agents in the offseason, that they don't know what they're doing and that they're failures and and they'll never spend. I mean, the payroll, by the way, in case people didn't notice, with Castillo and Rodriguez and Ray, we're up to like 130 projected, 130 million right now. Threshold's like 165. So now you're getting into elite company of spending when you get up close to the threshold. And I think they are going to add another high-priced piece. So I think we're going to come in at around the threshold. Is that okay? I mean, we kind of told you that this is the way it was going to be. It was going to slow build to this point. Is that all right if we kind of just cap out around the threshold, even stay under? Can we give John a little bit of flack and that even if he stays under the threshold? Or do we have to spend like morons like the San Diego Padres in order for everybody to be satisfied? In order to make everybody satisfied, yeah. And even then, there's some that won't be satisfied. <laughs> Unless you did something that is just not going to happen, which is get Trey Turner and Aaron Judge. <laughs> there is some people right now. I'm picturing that this room is full of people. And they're just, just all a bunch of naysayers that have been just absolutely ba- bagging on this this entire team and all the moves and how horrible Jerry is. And the organization doesn't care about anything but bobblehead sales and <laughs> I, I'm picturing that, that they're all, so they're all sitting there right now, just looking at us, kind of glaring. And then you say, "But can we just right now, on the on the heels of the most exciting season I remember in the last two decades, and doing it in a really different kind of way than what a lot of you, a lot of people, a lot of Mariner fans were wanting them to do it? Can we just say right now that there's a really good chance, if not a certainty, that these people know more and they know how to do it better than you do?" Can we just say, okay, I have to I have to put my negative bias aside and just throw a little trust in the hands. Out, out of Especially this since they have a track record. Yes. They've got a track record of building it. I don't think that you have to I don't think that you have to say they know better than me when it's just nothing but failure. True. But this growth period was no fluke. It was no accident. And we're we're on the verge of something good. And I think I think they've got a hold on where they're wanting to take it, they're spending money. The going from a, the thirtieth ranked farm system to number one in like a year and a half, right? Uh, that's good, you know. And, and identifying the pieces that they wanted to build, it turns out we shouldn't have signed Trevor Story last off season. Turns out he wasn't very good this year, you know. 
And I know people might say that about Robbie Ray as well, but guess what? I don't want to hear the glass of wine about Robbie Ray all offseason either because there's a pretty good chance he's going to bounce back and be good next year. He's not going anywhere. Right. We're not dealing him away. Just like I think in Boston, I think they're going to get rid of Xander Bogarts and Trevor Story will return to shortstop and have probably have a really good year mm-hmm. this year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no more glasses of wine. Yeah. Okay? Well, as we were just talking about that, I pictured a bunch of people, you know, a few people in the back that just are, they're going to refuse to put their hands in and say, okay, I'm going to put my bias, my negativity aside because they're going to say your track record doesn't show anything about building a championship team. Well, you're also the one saying that they didn't do anything to build a contending team either. Yeah. That they, whereas it was the proof was right there. The minor league system went from horrible to one of the best in all of baseball. And then you start reaping the benefits at the big league level of those prospects yep. crashing upon our shores. You can even and package sudden, some together do- for an ace and Luis Castillo in the middle of the year. Yeah. Yeah. An ace. And so. To me, I'm picturing we are you asking, I don't want to have any, I want to have a glass of wine, but not wine. That's right. Quit crying in your wine don't because it makes it salty and I don't want it. Yeah. Okay. Get your tears away from me. If you, if you can't jump on board, then just back the heck up and yeah. be negative. You guys all go have your negative powwow somewhere else. But there is people that are going to be joining on. There's people that in this little group are going to be putting their hands in and saying, yep, you got me. Yeah. And even though I can, I might end up being right, they might not end up going out and buying any one of these top six guys that are the impact bats you're talking about. That will suck for me because I want to have a yeah. feared bat somewhere in that lineup. Yeah. Or at least a piece like a Trey Turner that maybe isn't the feared bat, but it is a it is a gangster, hard-nosed Great AB, 162 player. games out of a year, and he also saves you runs on the defensive side of it and creates mayhem on the base pass. There's stuff like that where well, you can build this thing in different ways of doing it, and yet we're going to have people that just flat out are going to keep whining. We want them. I mean, this is the year. This is this this is the fun off season. This is the one Jerry's been waiting for. You know, take it from playoff team to world champion, and we have some financial flexibility there. We still have some prospects that can be moved, even though we don't want to dump them all. Okay, we don't want to dump them all. <laughs> We want to keep that train rolling into the next, into the foreseeable future, past this decade. You know, I always want to have a good farm system. I never want to deplete the farm system. And I think that's the way that Jerry feels as well. That's the way the Dodgers do it. I know Mm. they spend a lot of money, but they always have prospects ready to come up. Every effing year, they've got prospects ready to come up. So that's why they're the best organization in the sport. That's how Houston turned it around. And that's the way that the Mariners need to keep this engine going for years to come. So you never have to go through a drought again. But for this particular offseason, we, we, we want them to be aggressive. I think they're going to be aggressive. For whatever role we play in all of this, we're going to put heat on them. Chuck and Buck, Sports Radio 93.3, KJRFM. We're going to criticize them if they don't improve upon this baseball team. But I don't worry about that at all. Mm-hmm. I know that they're going to. And maybe it's not going to end up being one of the top five free agents. Maybe it's going to be a couple guys a little bit off of your radar. Maybe it's even somebody they haven't even heard of. But everybody in baseball knows, oh, that's a nice piece. Right. Those kind of moves. He's going to be aggressive this year. We're going to see a little bit. I think we're going to see about four or five new faces on this roster next offseason. And, and, and that's about as much change as you would want. 
hopefully what you built this year was the foundation for things moving forward. Uh, and so the foundation is here. Now we got to add it. Now we got to supplement. Now we got to find those missing pieces. That is what this offseason is about. Right. It is. And I, I think that there's a, I don't think he's going to do it in the stereotypical way. If you just watch what he's been doing as of late, I mean, I guess going out and getting the reigning side young is just a, oh, that's a splashy move, right? Paid him a, a big salary and, and brought him over. But he likes to do things, you know, he's he's liking to do things, and I think that him and Stanton are on board with this idea of, I'm okay, I think Stanton's okay with paying. The, the Julio Rodriguez deal and the, the diving into the contracts and the way in which it's there's an incentive-based part of it which is going to keep Julio hungry yeah. to achieve MVPs and win playoff series and all kinds of different things that then all of a sudden that number keeps jumping up from 20 million to 25 to 30 to 40. I mean, to how it's big. I wouldn't be surprised if they're out there wheeling and dealing in a way in which John Stanton can say, let's go get this guy. And if we end up paying him money that is somewhere around what he was going to get before, maybe even slightly less, but if, if we have a, some sort of stipulation there that you help us win a World Series, boom, it jumps up. There's some sort of incentive-based thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to go out here and be wheeling and dealing, but I think they're going to be doing it in different ways than what a lot of their organizations are doing. And so we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't have any insight as to how they would do that or who they would do that with, but you just see kind of a track record right now of them wanting to sign some of their young guys earlier and doing it in a way in which we're going to reward you for what we think you're going to be at the same time, you have to then earn it, turning it into something that, you know, could be a superstar game-changing type player like they, they've done with Julio Rodriguez. All right. Well, we can't close this uh, first uh, edition of Stove, this Thanksgiving edition of Stove without dessert. Uh, so give me uh, something sweet to eat to uh, close this out. Give me something about the off season. Anything. I don't care what it is. Give me something about the off season that you want to see happen. Oh, boy. Something sweet. Yeah, um, just a little, you know, just something to wrap up the meal. That's all. You know, I wouldn't mind them actually at some point. I wouldn't mind them going out there and doing something on the back end of the bullpen. I know that the market's crazy right now. I know that, uh, you know, uh, Diaz signed a big deal. You mentioned a couple other guys that are signing big deals. I wouldn't mind them going out there and moving a prospect or a couple smaller prospects for somebody that maybe hasn't had – the didn't have the greatest year stock is a little bit low but you can still they're still going to say yeah but this guy's lights out i want another flamethrower i want another absolute fireballer at the back end of that at the back end of that bullpen and the, it's not that i want to get rid of paul seawald because i think paul seawald has shown now for two years in a row that he can get the job done regardless of what happened to him in the playoffs which is where i was actually kind of worried about him i just don't it's not that i don't think he's a good piece i just don't want him to be my ninth inning guy and I don't really want him to be my eighth well, inning guy. I think either. Munoz is your ninth inning guy. And I think Brash I think and Munoz the, are the yeah, are the ba- are your eight, ninth inning guys. I, agree. I want an, a seventh inning guy that's like them is what I want. Well, the the new phraseology is a bullet. Yeah. Munoz was the bullet this year. I think Munoz is the ninth inning guy next year, and Brash is the bullet. So Seawald might throw some eighth inning and might occasionally close a game, uh, theoretically. But I think that Munoz is your closer and Brash is your bullet. I would, and I would like it no other way. <laughs> I yes, with those two, I yeah. want. I would like it to be where Seawald is a guy that I'm bringing in. If my starter only goes five, I bring him in in the sixth. He's a guy that 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 uh, 
takes that inning when you have to give Brash a rest or you have to give someone else a rest. And so if Munoz needs a rest, then you put Brash as he's your ninth inning guy, and then all of a sudden, boom, I can use Seawald in the seventh inning or whatever it might be. I'm okay. I, I don't want to not have Paul Seawald around, but I want to add another flamethrower. I want to have three guys in the back end of that bullpen yeah. that you never know how they're going to turn out. But if you all of a sudden can have throughout the course of the season where you have that feeling, which we've seen many times in postseason runs where a team has, if they can just get to the seventh inning, it feels like it's lights out. Yeah. I don't feel that way with some of the guys that we threw out there in the bullpen this year, even though, close, though. Out, even though a lot of them went out, even though a lot of them went out there and performed. I mean, Penn Murphy went out and had a damn good season. Is he a guy that you feel confident in rolling the no. dice on a, any sort of late and high no, leverage but he's situation? Like your fifth or sixth guy. So, but top three, I mean, I, look, I, I just don't want to spend resources on it because I believe in their eye to find guys that other people overlook. They've just done it consistently. Andres Munoz was a throw-in. Well, that's what I'm San talking Diego about. It's more trade. of a throw-in with with, yeah. with a with a rocket for an arm. I'm not yes, saying go no, out and that, get I the, just, I the just, high price guy. I have the I have the utmost confidence, maybe more so than any other area, that Jerry knows a live arm when he sees one and will go get it. Uh, I put in my crystal ball Lucas Gilbreth from Colorado, who you look at his stat line and you're like, why would we want that guy? Well, he's left-handed and he throws 100, and he has had to pitch in mile high the last two years. So I wouldn't mind having one of those flamethrowers from the left side. That'd be nice. Uh, you know, And you could get him for nothing. But I, I just trust. That's why I don't want everybody that wanted the Edwin Diaz. Let's go get Edwin Diaz. We need a closer. We don't need a closer. We have Andres Munoz. He's as good as anybody out there, including Diaz, and we got him for cheap. And and so how do we get Andres Munoz? Because we got a guy that's got an eye and Jerry DePoto for these. And maybe it's Justin Hollander. And maybe they I'm, signed him while he was recovering from Tommy John, yeah. by the way, another outside-the-box thinking Well, and move. they tried to do that with Ken Giles, and that didn't work this last time. But I trust this organization. Maybe it's Justin Hollander who's got the eye. I don't know. But I trust this organization to find flamethrowers and develop them. So that's why I don't want to spend big free agent money and I don't want to really make trades for relievers because they're special in their ability to find guys that work. And then Scott, it's probably the what he's best at is plugging those guys in in the game. Uh, you know, two years of leading the league and one run wins. Maybe it's a fluke. Maybe it's a trend. No. Pretty sure it hadn't yeah. been done back-to-back yeah. years in a long, long time. Yeah. It's not a fluke. Uh, my dessert little addition uh, is the Chicago Cubs are going to be wheeling and dealing, and if they've got their eyes on one of the shortstops, and it sounds like they got their eyes on one of the big four shortstops, and they're the team that's going to overspend and price us out of it, I am very interested in their incumbent shortstop, Nico Horner, because he would be great at second base. Uh, for the Mariners, I can keep JP at short, and he can play second base. I love Nico Horner. And then, depending on how much we want to give up in return, I still want Ian Happ, who we talked about at the trading deadline last year. Give me a gold glove left fielder who switch hits, has power, and and uh, and, and has that control the zone, draws walks eye that the organization lusts after. I don't know what those two would cost in a package deal, probably more than I really want to trade. But, man, would that be nice. I could add an Abreu, Hap, and Horner to my team or Abreu, Hap, and Brandon Lau 
Now we're starting to talk about an off-season here. So that would be my little dollop of whipped cream on top of this dessert uh, that will wrap up our Thanksgiving meal. That's something that uh, that I, those are two guys that I would be interested in. And if the Cubs are wheeling and dealing, I'm coming knocking. Oh yeah, I like that. The Horner guy plays everywhere too, right? And we Damn. know how we we know how that they like to have that. I mean, Dylan Moore is probably the guy that's going to be in that role as your number one, you super utility guy. But Horner's every day. Yeah, Horner's an every day going to hit you three ten. Steve, right. 25, 30 bases. Yeah. And I mean, hits line drive. He's not a power guy, but he hits line drives every But still being able to play every day at multiple positions, Maybe. there's value to that. You know what I mean? If, if, he, if he's the only move you make up the middle – then he's your everyday guy at second base. But if all of a sudden you have maybe you've made a few little side dish moves and now he's another piece that you throw in there to where it solves a, an issue you have in the outfield as of right now because you have one outfield spot kind of locked in or it solves a spot at second base and outfield so you can have a couple other side dishes and you move it around and move and shake and figure out what the heck comes out in the wash. And Jerry's uh, dessert items, keep an eye this offseason on two guys, A.J. Pollock, outfielder from the White Sox, He's 35. Um, he's not the athlete. He's not, you know, you got to be careful with him. He gets injured e- quite easily. But if he turned into a platoon guy with Kelnick, for example, feel pretty good about that combo in left field. He crushes left handers still to this day. Uh, and then uh, another guy is, is uh, Jerks and Profar, um, the switch hitter from the San Diego Padres, who didn't turn out to be the superstar he was projected to be. But Scott has a history with him. He's a switch hitter, he's uh, fast. Uh, and he's more of a doubles hitter than he has a home run hitter, but he had well over 50 extra base hits this year. And I think you could get those two in the, like, the second or even third wave of free agency. So those could be some like dessert little nibbles that they add uh, in the offseason. Keep your, keep your eye on those two. So there you go. Full meal. I'm full. I'm stuffed. Yeah. Can I have another glass of wine? Not uh, wine. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can have another. Yeah, you can Just have give it. me the bottle. Yeah, just take the bottle. Okay. Yeah. You want uh, white or red? Both. Both. Okay, fine. Uh, you can have that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw away this wine, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, throw that right in the dumpster. Taste, Light it on fire. I'm not going to cork it for the morning. No. i put a cork in it, though. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, enjoy the off season. Stove is here for you. Bucky Jacobson, former Mariner. My name is uh, Chuck Powell. Uh, this will have to do you uh, through Thanksgiving. I'm going on a little trip, but uh, then as soon as I come back, uh we'll have episode two for you so uh enjoy this one play it over and over throughout the holidays aunt tilly won't mind no play it she loud. loves it right there in the living room she loves this not she loves stove yeah don't put in headsets make the whole family listen again <laughs> that's actually quite comical that a family's sitting around at thanksgiving and somebody's forcing them to listen to stove again yes <laughs> Did Not you again. Hear Bucky's analysis. This Grandma? is the part. This is the part, Nana. Pay attention. <laughs> Shut up, the kids. You're missing the whole thing about Winker. <laughs> uh, all right. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, for Bucky, I'm Chuck, uh, Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.